the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead, plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Petro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, petro.com Well, it is hot. It is Thursday, and things are really getting hot in the office of Governor Dan McKee. Now, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a challenge whether or not Governor McKee can handle the latest controversy that is rocking his office. Again, folks, let's hear it. I want to give credit. Channel 12. They got the interview with his chief of staff, Tony Silva, former Cumberland police chief, who is now under investigation by the state police and attorney general Peter Nerona. This is the piece that aired on Channel 12. In a Target 12 investigation. Any thought at all to stepping aside pending the outcome of the investigation? Absolutely not. Why not? Tim, I've done nothing wrong. This is, um, you know, it's... What happens when you work at the state house? Not exactly. With Governor Dan McKee's chief of staff today, he gave his Oops, first this is all the Cumberland land deal. Tim White spoke with Tony Silva as he left the state house today and is here now with the exclusive interview. Tim, and it is. Mike and Kim, less than 24 hours after Governor McKee told us he determined Silva did not abuse his position. The governor called on the attorney general and state police to investigate Silva's actions out of what he says is an abundance of caution. Tony Silva, chief of staff to Governor Dan McKee, has been under mounting scrutiny after the Department of Environmental Management reversed its decision and gave Silva's family the green light to develop this narrow piece of wetlands in Cumberland. Tony, you got a second for us? Thank you. We met up with Silva Wednesday as he left the state house. Uh, looking for your reaction to the AG uh, state police investigation. No, I welcome it. I you think you, absolutely. Anyone know who, anyone who knows me and knows my career that probably includes you as well knows the type of person I am. Um, I'm I'm actually happy that that's going to happen because it'll bring um, a fresh perspective to what's been going on. I haven't done anything wrong. Text messages and emails obtained by Target 12 show Silva repeatedly reached out to Cumberland Mayor Jeff Mutter about the property, even meeting with him on March 31st, nearly a year after Silva told Target 12 he had given up his financial interest in the land. Any second thoughts about trying to intervene in Cumberland and the optics of that? Jim, let me make it perfectly clear to you. I didn't intervene in anything. What? Not even at the town level. I have absolutely not. Never, ever, ever, ever. ever. That's not what Tony Silva does. Third person might disagree with you. He's, well, he 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 called the governor and said he was concerned about the conversation. So if you didn't intervene, why would he be concerned? I have a lot of respect for Mayor Mutter. Mm-hmm. The discussion I had for him was out of concern for him. If he misinterpreted it, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, it's his I'm, fault. I'm sorry about that. A spokesperson for Attorney General Peter Nerona indicated this will be independent from the governor's office, telling us, quote, there are no limits to the scope of the investigation. Oh, With boy. the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. Now, folks, that was, um, I mean, in my opinion, that was uh, a mistake by Tony Silva to say these things. Um, there was obviously, listen, there's a paper trail here. I think it's pretty clear. You can see exactly what was going on, this whole business of, now he's trying to say that he was looking out for the mayor. Uh, I don't buy any of it. I am. I don't know Tony Silva, but I can tell you that this this is not going to go away quickly. When you get the state police and the attorney general involved, they they don't folks they don't move quickly. So this is going to be in. And depending on how far this goes, one of the people that they have to talk to is going to be Governor McKee. 
So this is one of those things that it's, I, I'm not saying that it just explodes all in one day, but it starts to wear. There's uh, some different information that maybe comes out at different times. Um, it, th this is, I am telling you, this is damaging to Governor McKee because let's face it, it's pretty challenging with what's going on aside from that. All right, let's hear. This is another story on it from Channel 12. For the first time, as he faces mounting controversy over a land deal. Target 12 investigator Tim White caught up with Tony Silva outside the state house just a few hours ago. Silva is under fire over a controversial plan to develop a wetlands property in Cumberland. Less than 24 hours after McKee told reporters he was satisfied Silva exerted no undue influence, the governor has now asked the attorney general and the state police to examine what happened. And Tim joins us now live in studio. This has really been swirling around the state house for a while. Yeah, Mike and Kim, that's right. This erupted after the Department of Environmental management reversed its previous decision and gave Silva's family the green light to develop a narrow piece of wetlands in Cumberland. And neighbors and town leaders were concerned that as the top aide to the governor, Silva got special treatment. Tony, Tony, you got a second for us? Thank you. Target 12 met up with Governor Dan McKee's chief of staff, Tony Silva, as he left the State House Wednesday. Silva told us he welcomes the Attorney General's investigation into his handling of a controversial land deal in Cumberland. Anyone who knows me and knows my career, that probably includes you as well, knows the type of person I am. Um, I'm, I'm actually happy that that's going to happen because it'll bring um, a fresh perspective to what's been going on. I haven't done anything wrong. Any thought at all to stepping aside pending the outcome of the investigation? Absolutely not. Why not? Tim, I've done nothing wrong. This is, um, you know, it's, it's what happens when you work at the State House. Text messages and emails obtained by Target 12 show Silva repeatedly reached out to Cumberland Mayor Jeff Mutter about the property, even calling a meeting with the mayor on March 31st. That was nearly a year and a half after Silva told Target 12 he had given up his financial interest in the land. Any second thoughts about trying to intervene in Cumberland and the optics of that? Tim, let me make it perfectly clear to you. I didn't intervene in anything. Not even at the town level? I have absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. Ever. That is not what Tony Silva does. No. Nope. Mayor Mutter might disagree with you. He Jimmy likes he, Elaine. He called the governor and said he would. Folks, this is like out of Seinfeld with uh, Jimmy. Jimmy likes Elaine. Jimmy liked uh, Jimmy's new in town. Jimmy Jimmy feels that Jimmy could do that. Jimmy's getting angry. Jimmy is angry at Kramer. Jimmy can't jump. Folks, now, I mean, now he's going third person. Never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. All right, it continues. Listen, he, he, listen, we know exactly what happened. Now the question is whether or not they can actually catch him for what happened. The thing to watch here is a big difference when people go under oath. So with the DEM, whoever right now is carrying his water, like, oh, yeah, we just decided to change. And uh, even though it's 95% wetland, we just decided to change. Folks, Governor McKee's got a problem. He's, he's the head of the DMV. Craddock is running a brothel. And now Silva is basically committing extortion, trying to strong-arm people using the power of the governor's office. I would say it's a problem. concerned about the conversation. So if you didn't intervene, why would he be concerned? I have a lot of respect for Mayor Murrah. Mm -hmm. The discussion I had for him was out of concern for him. If he misinterpreted oh. it, I'm, 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 you know. See, he's looking out for him. See, I was trying to say, listen, I'm trying to help you here. The DEM, they've already approved it, so you're going to be odd man out. Folks, uh, this does not stand up. I don't know who went over the talking points with him, but I don't think it's good, and I think it's going to be very, very problematic for Governor McKee because this, this is not... This is like slow attrition, right? Like water, like, uh, well, I don't know if you can see it anymore. But anyhow, folks, um, is John DePietro a lot more ahead on this Thursday? Right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508. 336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, 
full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 336 7801. Again, 508 336 7801. You focus on your business, let MEGA Professionals help you find the workers. MEGA Professionals, 508 336 7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, Reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call JKL Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. Listening to John Petro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until... It's at 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is topetro.com. Our legal segment, joining me right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, my goodness, Governor McKee has himself quite a summer going. Uh, the latest now, Governor McKee has recommended state police and Attorney General Peter Nerona look into this development regarding his chief of staff, Tony Silva, who surprisingly to me did speak out this afternoon, speaking to Channel 12, which I don't think was a good idea, although I do love the fact that he referred to himself in the third person. Uh, But let's first blush. um, What seems to be most damaging are this uh, text messages and this whole situation with the mayor of uh, Cumberland. Yes, it's an unfortunate situation for uh, the governor. Tony Silva's got himself a two front, three front war going on. First front is he's got a uh, investigation with uh, the attorney general's department at the very least and or the state police, John. He's also got an ethics violation based on a complaint filed by the Rhode Island Republican Party. And he's creating a political problem for his boss, the governor, um, through his insistence that he has done nothing wrong. Um, that's yet to be determined, but the optics of this situation are, are, are terrible, to, to put it mildly. Um, it, it is interesting that he chose to um, speak with the media um, after he came out of the state house, where he emphatically denied that he had done anything wrong, where he emphatically denied that he had attempted to influence Mayor Mutter. Um, where he foolishly, uh, in my view, uh, either in an email or a text, confirmed what happened in that um, meeting of this spring with the mayor at a coffee shop, 
um, where he claims he did nothing to try to influence uh, the mayor, but indicated he was going to flip this property and his interest in it to his son. And that is that would take some of the pressure off the, the mayor mutter at the um, town hall. None of that really sounds good um, for, from from a political perspective. The one place, John, that he may have um, a little bit of wiggle room is with the complaint brought by the ethics commission, which says in part that um, the complaint says that. Silva answered falsely. One of the questions has words to the effect, you got to, to please identify each instance where you or your spouse or a dependent child owned or had a financial interest in any real estate other than your primary residence. And the answer was none. Now, he did have a purchase and sales agreement with the owner of this property, which was 93% wetland. However, his obligation to purchase it and to acquire an ownership interest in this property was contingent on getting permission to construct a single family house. So when he filled out the financial disclosure, arguably he did answer correctly because he did not yet have an ownership interest in his financial interest it's, it's a matter of interpreting words, but right. he did not yet have a financial interest. So although the Republican Party makes a big splash and gets a story in the paper, of all of the um, issues created by this potential um, development of this lot, I think, I think Silva will be okay with the Ethics Commission. Okay. But as far as, Tim, the optics, and here's what people need to understand. And I was trying to kind of phrase this to Governor McKee yesterday when he's sitting there with the mayor, the mayor of Cumberland. Well, he's not just Tony Silva. He's the governor's chief of staff and obviously very powerful office. And whether you're a mayor or whoever, there's certain things you may request from the state or need from the state. And he is in a position to maybe grant them or maybe put up some barriers And this situation where he calls him out of the blue and let's just meet for coffee and, you know, really pushing. Uh, It sounds like he got DM to say that he could develop on it. Now he just needs the mayor to go along. But that is some Tim. This is hardly the first time we've seen public officials or people connected to them. Um, You have to be careful with the undue influence using the office in order to obtain the means that that they're looking for probably the most famous is the cranston land deal with that owner and you may remember but she couldn't do anything to get that zoning for that and then the depretes got it and in one day i think they flipped it to a two million dollar profit yes um that's correct in terms of what happened in cranston with what happened in cumberland here john silva did meet with the mayor let's meet at a coffee shop and amazingly, um, DEM approval was um, acquired, which is quizzical in and of itself. That's very puzzling. Yeah. Well, especially when you've got a neighborhood who are, right. where all the homes apparently have problems with water runoff, flooding, etc. Um, you know, everyone in politics has political enemies, and it seems. Um, hard to believe that Silva would be pursuing this, trying to shoehorn a house into a wet neighborhood yeah. and not expect through all these you know, petitions before the zoning board applications to DEM that folks opposed to this development would not be getting the word out or in some way influencing this. Now, It sounds like it's Mayor Mutter who brought this to the governor's attention to say, hey, you know, look, look into what's going on here with Tony Silva. Right. Um, You don't want the perception of a guy um, unduly influencing town officials to be, you know, at the top of your administration. It could be bad for you politically. But when this meeting at the coffee shop occurred, it was to, for Silva, allegedly, if you listen to the mayor, 
to ask the mayor not to object to the DEM determination. Right. Sylvan now claims that the purpose of that meeting was to protect the mayor from any political fallout, to let the mayor know what was going on. Well, it's either one thing or it's the other. Either he was there to warn the mayor and to protect right. the mayor, which doesn't sound plausible. No. Or that he was there to implore the mayor not to overrule the DEM determination and to tank this potential single family um, construction project. Yep. It's a question of credibility. And right now, Mayor Mutter hasn't said much publicly. Um, and I'm sure he doesn't want to get into a political firefight with uh, the previous mayor and no. the sitting governor and yeah. the former police chief. It's, it's a very um, um, volatile situation, to say the least. I, I thought that perhaps Silva would have taken either a, a leave of absence or stepped yeah. aside if he's so confident that this investigation is going to clear him. And basically, he's inviting this investigation. Which well, I found, Tim, I found very curious. And these are my words, not yours. But when someone says, oh, I welcome it. I mean, give me a break. I, I would, again, I don't know exactly what's in his mind, but it, it would be feasible to say, I think it's a complete waste of time because I'm doing anything wrong. Not, I welcome the state police and attorney general. Because, Tim Dodd, it's one thing that Governor McKee says DEM. Now, you guys decided this was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a big difference between that or now you're st sitting across the, the table from whoever, Steve Danbrook, and now some of the state police people. And it's like, all right, you realize you're under oath, right? Now, did, did you take us through how you decided to approve that? I, I just think these things can potentially go, you know, go, they have potential to go sideways. I, I agree with you, John. And I don't wish uh, Tony Silva anything other than for the truth. But the, the last guy I recall welp welcoming an investigation was Gary Hart. And, right. <laughs> and that didn't really go too well for him either. And Tim, just to put this in context for people, and we're not getting too far ahead, but, you know, a big part of Mayor Cianci and his problem, if people remember, but it was that university club where he had felt spurned by the club. Then he felt that uh, Charlie Hall was brought in to be in entertainment, that he could not be a member of the university club. And then it came down to when they were trying to get special zoning and they wanted to do an extension and improve the, the program, the building, the mayor got caught up. He put the gabosh on Steve Anderson to vote no against it. So I'm just saying, you know, and again, I also, I don't wish any will on Tony Silver or Governor McKee, but this is hardly the first time that a public official uses or misuses the power of their office to, you know, try to get either something done or get something blocked. Yeah. And, and certainly Silva's saying, um, I think his words were, I did not, not, not do anything wrong. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, very emphatic. Um, oh, that sounds which, rehearsed to me. Someone well, yeah. gave him talking points. You got to say really emphatically, I did not, not, <laughs> not, not, not do anything wrong. Tim, he had me, though, with when he went third person. Anyone well, that knows Tony Silva. <laughs> yes, that's, you know, and that sounds like, you know, royalty speaks of yeah. themselves in the third person. Um, you know, a former police chief, chief of staff or a governor should not be no. referring to himself in the third person yeah. when he's on the hot seat. It, the optics of that, too, John, are just awful. Now, Tim Dodd, uh, before we move on, one final question on this. Now, Governor McKee did speak both with Silva and did speak with the mayor of Cumberland. So that kind of puts him, it, it, I, I would imagine the state police and attorney general, whatever, but they would want to confer with him on what his conversations were. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, it's absolutely fair. And for the moment, you know, the governor's standing by his man, and that's fine. But the attorney general's department will parse everything and they will talk independently to the governor and to Silva and to Mutter and members of the uh, zoning board and whoever was involved at DEM um, to get a true picture of whether or not undue influence, undue political influence, I should yeah. say, was exerted right. on this. Oh. I mean, clearly this is a, um, 
uh, approval for a f- single family construction project, which sounds like it should have never been granted. Right. And John, the last thing I would add is I think it's too little too late when the Silva family says, well, never mind this development. We'll just donate this yeah. lot to the to the town of Cumberland. I, I don't I don't think that is a fix. I don't think that no. passes the smell test. No. I don't think that satisfies law enforcement or the public. No. And Tim Dodd, one final thing. It almost seems if you follow the kind of the tr- timeline of this is Silva was trying to get it done, trying to get it done. And then once Governor McKee took over, now he's the chief of staff to the governor. I take it as now he felt now I do have the juice to make this happen. So let's like get it done. First, he handles DM. Then he's working on the mayor. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim Dodd, uh, the uh, town of Gloucester, and I'm glad they did this, school committee, finally stepped up. We were waiting for someone to do it, and they are finally taking legal action and saying we, we are not going along with this this mask mandate. We don't have a problem with it here. We don't think the chill kids should be forced to wear masks in school. And finally, we've been waiting for it, but someone is challenging this in that that uh, board of education that ignored the legal advice of their legal counsel and said, who cares? Let someone sue us. Well, careful what you wish for, because that's exactly what they got. Yes, this was predictable that somebody, some town, some um, administrative authority would challenge what occurred about a week ago. And as you state, it's from the um, Council on Elementary and Secondary Education. Their attorney told them, don't do this. You don't have the authority to do this. And they were like, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll deal with the lawsuit when it comes. 
um, the um, the the Council for Elementary and Secondary Education voted to mandate that masks were required to be worn statewide in all public schools. They don't have the authority to do that. Much like the CDC doesn't have the, the authority to impose um, um, eviction moratoriums. Right. This, this council is not the appropriate entity to pass such an edict. Their legal counsel said, don't do it. So one would presume that a reviewing court would likely or presumably agree with the advice that their own lawyer gave and said, you can't do this. Now, there may be another mechanism, um, and I think it's got to come from either the executive branch or the legislature to uh, create a statewide mask mandate it would be really for the governor to do it under his emergency powers, which are granted to him statutorily. Um, you know, no politician really wants to be the person to issue this uh, state mask mandate because you're going to make half the state happy and half the state um, furious. Um, but I would expect that as this case winds through the courts, that Gloucester will prevail and a court will throw out this edict from the um, council as being um, void. It, it's unsupportable. It's unconstitutional. They don't have the statutory power to do what they've done. Tim, what do you make of the, I think, and I think this is wise, the way I understand it, they're basically trying to implement a system, which is what a lot of parents want, is I think it's that the parents have the choice. If you feel comfortable, then you send your child to school in a mask. If you don't feel comfortable, they don't have to wear a mask. That, that seems to be the direction of what they're trying to achieve. And if you listen to some of the other districts, for instance, Johnston, they also, their school committee voted against the mask. So we, where could this end up getting decided? Then what, what, what happens after that? If, if the reviewing court agrees with Gloucester, that the the council did not have the power to issue this state mandate for masks in school public schools and if the governor doesn't do so through his executive emergency powers i think what gloucester wants to do and i think what um, johnston wishes to do as you've indicated is to leave it to the choice of the parents either to have their uh, child be masked or not masked or um, there are certain exemptions that are allowable for a conscientious object, uh, yes. conscientious objector, uh, religious reasons or medical reasons to not have to wear the mask. So if you're a person who just is uncomfortable being forced to be injected with a very new and largely um, untested i guess it has been tested somewhat but two of the three um vaccines are still on experimental status only one has now been fully approved by the fda and people you know for legitimate reasons may not want to take the um vaccine themselves and certainly um maybe not want their kids to either have to take the this um vaccine or feel that children are at not a sufficient risk that they need to be masked up all day. I mean, these kids have all been deprived of about a year and a half of, you know, quality education. Now, what are we going to go for now? Another year where they're not going to be, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine being a student in a stuffy classroom wearing a mask all day. It seems um, over the top in terms of precautions that are not necessary. Tim, could this be a, a moot point if Governor McKee says, all right, forget about secondary education. I'm implementing a mandatory mask mandate on the schools. Well, yes, he could do that. But again, his uh, emergency powers typically um, expire after, I think, 90 days and they have to be renewed. So he's yep. going to have to be doing a politically distasteful act every mm. 90 days and re-upping on this mask mandate. Wow. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he has the political appetite or political will to do that. If Gloucester prevails, yeah. Um, 
you know, the governor originally did say, I'm going to leave it to each. Um, he did. T- each city and town. Yeah, and make a local capi- decision. Yeah, then he capitulated for, he you know, whatever his reasons were. He he flipped on it. Folks, we're going to take another quick break. A lot more. Tim Dodd, our legal expert, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving always provides high-quality fair pricing, exceptional service, residential, commercial, seal coating patios, get your driveway paved. Letter J, J Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 401- 732 1730 401 732 1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with our legal expert, Tim Dodd. And Tim, on Monday, early this week, Nicole Salas, who's the South Kingstown mom, who uh, I, I just think that the school committee down there and now the union, I, I think they've misplayed their hand on her but first they drag her in and say she's going to be discussed at a school committee meeting then they won't give her the information she wants and the nea tries to drag her in on a lawsuit they they were trying to act like oh on second thought we're going to release her from it but basically her and her team have been declaring victory over this whole thing yes um she's a she's a firecracker she's doing Mm. a really good job trying to um dig down and get to the truth of what South Kington's doing. And, you know, the fact that South Kington Schools Committee is pushing back so forcefully mm. and doesn't want to disclose what they're teaching children out there um, should raise concerns of everybody. What are they hiding? But to get to the lawsuit, John, um, the NEA came on like gangbusters. They sued the South Kingston School Committee and they sued um, Nicole Solis uh, on the grounds that what she was asking for was too much and was looking for information which should be protected, um, such as in certain instances providing the names and or addresses of school teachers or other administrative officials within the South Kingston school system. They were asking for injunctive relief. They were asking for a restraining order, a TRO, to stop Nicole from getting any of the information um, that she was looking for, Mm. or to ask the court before the information was released to narrow the scope and to allow for certain uh, protective orders as to certain of the information. Um, they've, I believe, withdrawn that. I don't think a judge ruled on it. I think they've simply withdrawn it. Okay. Um, not the litigation, but the request for immediate injunctive relief. So yep. I don't know after the TRO request goes away um, and the request for injunctive relief goes away. I mean, that pretty much guts the lawsuit, John. It pretty much kills it, but I don't think it's been dismissed. But if um, Nicole and her team are declaring a victory, um, they should be taking a victory lap because, you know, is, are these bullying tactics as Nicole suggests they are and that right. she's not going to capitulate to bullying tactics? Um, I think she has a valid point. Um, when she asks for information and they say, well, you can have it, but first you've got to pay us $79,000 to get the, for us to do the photocopying. Wow. Um, all of which would have a chilling effect on most parents who would, would not have the means or the appetite to pay so much money to get these records. Um, 
you know, she does have a national organization behind her, yeah. but um, I, I think that... Um, and good thing with the Goldwater Institute. Yes, but her team pushed back, and I think um, they got the NEA to blink, and they've sort of backed off on a lot of the very um, headline-grabbing lawsuit complaints and um, requests that they had previously made. Tim Dodd, I want to bounce back just on the McKee Silva situation again. I think another interesting thing here is Channel 12, interesting enough, and I give them credit, they put in uh, a public records request not only for the emails of conversation, but the, the mayor of Cumberland submitted text messages with Silva. So Silva, who texts him, hey, do you have time for a five-minute coffee and names the spot? And they show up, but then later, after they met for coffee, follows up with text messages. Um, I, I mean, you tell me that that seems like a lesson to public officials that it just doesn't have to be emails. It would seem now that public records could be text communication that he was having, and maybe he thought, okay, I'm just it's just me and the mayor texting. But suddenly now, I mean, the media is asking about those very texts and they're in possession of those text text messages. John, I've said many times on the air to people, whatever you text, whatever you email is forever. So before you hit the send button, think very carefully of what you're putting in into typed words. Mm. Um, I I was astonished that um, Silva even, uh, I don't know if it was an email or a text, but followed up with mayor mutter after their meeting um, to let him know, I'm gonna we're gonna transfer this to my son. Right, that was so, a text, and we'll make it easy for you. Make it easier for wow. you at town hall. I mean, mm. what is that to yeah. imply? Yeah. Now, uh, Tim, Tim Dodd, also on this, if in fact you were advising Tony Sullivan, not trying to do money morning quarterback, but it would seem to be he could have been within his right to tell Tim White Channel Twelve, listen. There's an investigation. I'm sorry this is happening. I'm going to cooperate, and I'm not going to comment until after the investigation. I, I, you and I both watched it. I don't think he helped himself in that exchange in the parking lot with Tim White. No, his demeanor um, was um, a little defensive and a little aggressive. Um, yeah. If you if you're going to make that sort of a media statement or engage with a reporter for a question and answer back and forth. Um, you can't do it on the fly or off the cuff. Right. Um, if I represented him, I would tell him, do not say anything. You've got to yeah. hunker down here. You can only make it worse. Um, you should have, if they had issued a press release saying that, you know, Tony's going to continue to serve as chief of staff. He does a great job and um, we're going to let the investigation play out. We've asked for the investigation and we're confident with the results, but until it's over, it would be improper to say anything further or words to that effect. Um, I think after this little um, um, experience he's had with the channel 12 reporter, I I think he'll be advised to keep his mouth shut going forward, going to the bunker. And finally, Tim Dodd, we had heard this terrible story of this uh, woman. It's amazing how these things play out through the court system. But she was taking in all these foster children, and she wasn't home. And this poor little girl who had a lot of health challenges was basically left in the bathtub for hours in ice-cold water and died. And then uh, this, the, the, the woman was actually being compensated for taking in these kids. And I guess... You know, it sounds terrible, but you actually get more money uh, paid to you if you take in children that have these disabilities. Um, And so uh, Michelle, I think it's Michelle Farber or something like that. But now it seems as if this case has come to a conclusion. Yes, um, I was a little surprised. You know, this this all happened and it was front page news a while ago now. Yeah. And um, the... When observing uh, this defendant in court and seeing her on TV and learning about the uh, nightmarish conditions in the home with all these um, foster kids, many of them who, as you say, had um, a variety of disabilities, um, I thought that perhaps a competency hearing might have been in order because 
what was going on there was beyond the pale in terms of what you would think any normal caring adult would be doing vis-a-vis these kids. But apparently um, at her most recent pretrial conference, uh, it was announced that she is going to be pleading guilty to both the manslaughter charge and to the um, uh, neglect of a child charge. The, the manslaughter charge, if it sticks and it's not reduced to something other than manslaughter, um, carries a potential prison sentence for a sentence not to exceed 30 years. So it could be oh. from zero to 30 years. And on the cruelty or neglect of a child, that's also a felony, which can be imprisoned for not less than a year, not more than three years, and a fine not to exceed $1,000 or both. So apparently she's going to be pleading to two felonies. Mm. And the circumstances um, of this poor little girl um, suffering, being left unattended and dying, I'm sure, a a very, very unpleasant death, I I would presume this woman is looking at jail time what end of the spectrum would she be at? It's, it's hard to judge. I don't know what her past criminal um, um, contacts are. I don't know what any of her, um, if she did have a um, mental health evaluation, what it might show. Um, and all of those things could influence sentencing. But this case, John, will be coming to a conclusion, yeah. um, pleading to two felonies and, I would presume she would be looking at not an inconsiderable amount of jail time. Mm-hmm. Tim Dodd, one final question. I did get an email from, uh, there's a number of healthcare workers. Governor McKee has given them until October 1st to be vaccinated, or the, the threat is they're going to lose their job. Um, is that, they were trying to intimate, is this something that potentially could be successful if they legally try to battle it out or is it in fact you know if you're working in a hospital or a nursing home that that, that is just the nature of where society is going that that if the governor is saying if you're going to be a healthcare worker on the front lines you have to be vaccinated that they have little room to wiggle here right now unless a judge says otherwise i think they have very little room to wiggle And it's not so much what the governor might proclaim in terms of vaccinations. My understanding, and I've I've got this from a variety of sources, is if you're an employer and you say to your employees, you must be vaccinated to keep working here, and the person says, I refuse to get vaccinated, or I refuse to give you any information regarding my vaccination status, positive or negative. I think it's an invasion of my medical privacy, and I'm not going to tell you if I've been vaccinated, and you can't make me get vaccinated. And that employee gets terminated on that basis. I don't believe they'll be able, currently, under the current standards of the law, they would not be allowed to collect unemployment benefits. Um, their termination would be considered for cause. Now, if these nurses were to band together and get into court looking for injunctive relief and finding out from you know, a, a judge of the superior court whether or not um, these mask edicts from employers are um, something that can be enforced, whether they're statutorily or constitutionally enforceable, then we'd have some direction from a reviewing court. Um, but right now, without something further from a judge, I don't think these nurses, unfortunately, have a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Folks, he is our legal expert, uh, attorney, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. You too. Take care. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured, 
tree removal company with a licensed arborist, Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have... Uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 688 401 6880517 come on brother call brothers disposal today put a purple dumpster in your driveway maybe you're doing some spring cleaning or maybe you want to clean out that basement the garage the attic call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 and remember now offering weekly trash collection services call for an estimate it's brothers disposal 401 Six eight eight zero five one seven. 